My psychic senses are telling me that you are spiritually curious. I'm just kidding. If you found your way here, most likely <laughs> you are interested or curious about energy, the secrets of the universe, the magic of the unseen. There is a lot of conflicting information out there about how to tune into energy beings properly, how to build your intuition, how to cleanse things, yada, yada, yada. I know how overwhelming it can be, so I created a one-stop shop for all of your spiritually curious, psychic expansive self-care needs where you can build your own spiritual practice with guidance, tools, and a safe place to explore your curiosities and connect to your intuition. There's a ton of crash courses covering topics ranging from meeting your spirit guides to trans-channeling to manifesting. You get distance Reiki healings for a wide range of needs, such as moving through discomfort or support stepping into a new chapter or even help calling in creativity. Subscribers get 15% off all full-price services, a monthly group Zoom hangout where the weird is our normal. There are exclusive channeling videos, expansive conversations, guided meditations, movement meditations, weekly reflections, intuitive practices, this podcast, ad-free and as a video, and so much more. New content is uploaded every week, so there's constantly new stuff for you to learn from, digest, and various practices to keep you grounded in your body. And all of this, might I add is only $7 per month. So if you're ready to align to your best self and show up as your inner being, a priceless investment in yourself, you can head over to channelwithamber.com slash subscribe to give it a peek. I'll see you over there. My friends, welcome back to Diary of a Psychic Medium with me, Amber Amrine. Today we have my beautiful friend, Amy Christine, coming to join us. We talk about so many topics, kid psychics, growing up psychic, the ethics in this type of work, taking command of the energies around you. We talk about theories, aliens, ghosts, being in a relationship as a psychic. She is such a beautiful soul, as you will see, and I'm just so excited to share this conversation with you. Here we go. Amy Christine, a born psychic medium originally from the Pacific Northwest, now resides as a desert dweller in the Antelope Valley of Southern California. Amy is a strong force in her community and connects virtually worldwide. Amy is an evidential medical medium, animal communicator, cosmic channeler, spiritual teacher, and a UFO experiencer. In the Pacific Northwest, Amy has hosted many paranormal ghost tours in historical cemeteries and abandoned ghost towns. She hosts her own podcast, Empowered Indigo, which I will link in the episode description provides large group mediumship sessions, and has given multiple readings to celebrities and famous athletes. She's also in the process of planning upcoming psychic development retreats in Hawaii and around the world. The easiest way to reach Amy is on Instagram at amychristinepsychicmedium or her website amychristinepsychicmedium.com. Again, both will be linked in the episode description. Amy, as you will find out... Um, uh, I met her, she found me through my podcast. She had sent me a message on Instagram. Um, we did a couple sessions together and it's just been a beautiful friendship that has uh, flourished from there. She is one of the most sweetest, beautiful souls. And uh, I just, 
in watching this episode back, her energy just brings my heart so much joy. She's just so loving and caring and her energy is so grounding and I'm just excited for you to experience it too. <laughs> Here we go. Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much. <laughs> of course. All right. What would you like to talk about? I don't really have any topics really to start with. I just kind of wanted to talk about how I found you, if that's okay. Oh, sure. Yeah, because I, I definitely feel like your podcast was such a part of the journey that I've been on, and it really helped me so much. So oh, thank you so much. Yeah, so I'd like to, you know, I'm going to toot your horn a little bit because... <laughs> oh, um, thank you. It, yeah, I, I found your podcast in such a strange point in my life where I was deciding to kind of step out of the, the psychic closet myself. And I was working at Warner Brothers and this was, you know, the, the COVID time. So I was working all alone by myself for eight hours a day, watering plants. And I talked to plants, so that was great. But after a while, you know, you lack that human, you know, interaction. So I started just looking at, you know, psychic development podcasts and just different people, but they were all talking about the same stuff and it was kind of redundant mm. after a while. And then I found your podcast and you were talking about things that I had experienced in my life that I'd never really heard anybody outside of my family really talk about. So it was really exciting to tune in with you. And I'm like, wow, she's connected to all these beings and like, I've seen something similar and maybe this is just, it felt nice. Like you were speaking on others' behalfs if you didn't know that. So oh, thank yeah. you so much. I yeah. feel like I haven't, it's very strange. I haven't like explored, well, I think I've tried to explore other spiritual podcasts, but mm -hmm. I've, I have a hard time. Like if I'm listening to something, it needs to be something I'm like really interested in. Otherwise it just kind of like goes over my head. So I haven't explored other spiritual podcasts that much. And in starting this one, I was like, I don't even know where to start. And I feel like in general, I don't like researching spiritual stuff for some reason. I just like kind of going. So mm -hmm. I'm really glad that it worked out. <laughs> no, I liked it. Cause I was like, Oh, you, you're talking about, you know, fairies and how many people are because there's this weird kind of stigma with being a psychic medium. People have this idea that you have a crystal ball and you're some, you know, kind of gypsy person, but, you know, being a modern medium as, as well as you are, you know, we come in many sizes and shapes and age ranges and, and being, yeah. being an indigo doesn't necessarily mean like that it's an easy path. And I really liked how vulnerable you were about, you know, the things that you had seen and had kind of struggled with you know as a medium it really felt like it was reading a diary so it was very vulnerable and I really just enjoyed it <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much yes, I and I still it. do yeah and I always you know <laughs> gotten, gotten several readings with you too you've just confirmed so much of my um, understanding and even though everyone who has you know really cultivated their abilities it's amazing when you can connect with someone who's never met you who's telling you exactly what you're seeing in your visions and so it really confirmed me in a way where I was like okay 
<laughs> You're making me cry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, and That's it was so just nice. Thank you. Yeah, because ever since I was young, you know, I've been connected to these these beings. And you did this reading for me, and it was like, oh, now I'm seeing this, and I'm like, yeah, I know what that is, and I was like, too. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, you did a, a session for my mom, and she hasn't quit talking about it since you've done oh, that it. That was so. so much fun. <laughs> that was yeah. so fun. Yeah, she loved you. She's like, you know, it's really strange. She feels like uh, Katie, which is my youngest sister. So mm. you remind her of her quite a bit, and just how open you are, and you know, you're just you're giving people what you're sensing, and you're not holding back. And a lot of mediums they don't open up to the realm of, of those things. They're very like spirits only. That's it. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a lot more to that. So I would say, you know, your, your channel messages have really helped me a lot in my journey. So, Thank you yeah. so much. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Of course. Yeah. Not to put you on the oh. spot, but I, I've definitely, I've recommended you to several of my, my friends that are intuitive as well, because you know, it's not um, always easy, the journey of being intuitive, and you can have this really uh, sad, kind of lonely feeling of feeling misunderstood, and so having confirmation always helps, and yeah, so I would highly recommend anybody book with Amber. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Thank you, and likewise, you are such a, like, magical I don't know. Whenever I think of you, I just think of this like magical rainbow. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, you know, and I, I just got back from Hawaii. Speaking of rainbows, um, it was such a magical trip and I met so many spiritual people there. I thought, oh man, if I could make my way to Hawaii, that would be amazing. Mm. Um, but yeah, being a being a channel, as you know, it's like everything speaking to you, the wind, the water, the air, the elements, the elementals and it's it's beautiful but also you know can be a little like people are like hello are you there I'm like yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah I want to talk about um your experience growing up Mm -hmm. how was it I guess how did you come to find out you were a psychic medium what was that journey like well that was a I'll try not to get too of a winded conversation, keep it kind of (laughs) on track here, but um, I come from a family of very intuitive people. I would never say that we use those words. Um, It was kind of an inner knowing, and I really noticed around probably the age of four that I was interacting with spirits in the house quite a lot, and actually remember speaking with spirits before even my parents, you know, and um, just having them come to me and watch over me and having telepathic conversations and I guess going outside and realizing that some of my neighborhood friends weren't experiencing what I had experienced. I'd be like, oh, look at the fairy. And they'd be like, oh, okay. (laughs) Like, you don't, you don't see that. Like, you don't see that. And I was like, okay, um, all right, you know. And um, I never. I wish we were friends when we were kids. That oh, would have been so fun. <laughs> it would have been epic. But I think for whatever reason, you know, we've we've crossed paths now because um, I never went to school. I was homeschooled. My mom kept us very 
uh, open-minded. She didn't really like, you know, the way that the school system was. It wasn't a very spiritual, you know, it's very programming. And mm-hmm. so my mom being the hippie she was, was like, I don't want my girls to go to school and have their imaginations crushed. And, you know, so we learned how to live a pretty awesome life. Just nobody ever crushed my spirit. You know, I had blue hair when I was like 12 years old. I got to be whoever I wanted to be. Mm. And um, I still, you know, got an education, but it was more of a otherworldly education because I could come to my sisters and say like, wow, this thing came to me last night. And they're like, oh yeah, I've seen that. You know, it was very normal, very normal. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I would say there was a point which a lot of us get to where we kind of denounce everything because I just wanted to be normal. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> about 15 to 25, I just kind of said, I don't want any of this. I don't, you know, quit coming to me. I don't want your messages. I don't want to feel, I don't want to see. I still did, but I just really kept it to myself. And then I went on the journey of bartending for about 15 years. <laughs> and it just kind of all came back when I hit 30. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I would go home and, you know, I'd have a drink after work and I'd lay down and there'd just be hundreds of spirits in my room, like, help us, mm-hmm. help us. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't, it was kind of a, a calling that I had agreed to and that I was pushing away for many years. So I just kind of came out with it and I ended up taking a class and discovered how advanced I was and how many things I could do and how much I could help people. And I just quit my job and started doing this instead. And I don't regret it. Yay! Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels really good. As a kid, did you ever feel did you ever feel scared? Were you scared of energy? Well, yeah. It's it's not all butterflies and rainbows as you know. And um it's just kind of when you are that bright light, everything comes. Mm-hmm. And including, you know, the scary stuff I think kind of came for me first and that might have been why I kind mm-hmm. of pushed it away. Um, but being young, not understanding the duality of that. Mm-hmm. And so I was being what they say kind of haunted for years. And I thought it was just my mom's house, but it was actually just me. Because <laughs> mm. I ended up moving to California and kind of seeing this black entity just taunting me for many years of my life. And I got to this point, as weird as it sounds, where I just reached out my arms and said, I love you. And I gave it a hug and it was like, (laughs) and I was like, oh my God, that's all I had to do. (laughs) The power of love. It's crazy. Like (laughs) I have been running from this. Like it had physically, you know, pushed me and touched me and, and taunted me. And all I had to do was give it compassion. Like that, that's so, it's so weird, but I'm sure you've had similar experiences. Yeah. so many yeah 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 and I just kind of went holy shit the power of embodying a human form because we are living in that duality right so we're able to be an alchemist even to those because 
you know, everything is not inherently bad. I don't think that these things just come at you. I feel like a lot of the time, this might sound kind of weird. Well, who cares, right? Um, <laughs> I think a lot of those darkness or the dark shadows are actually unloved shadows of ourselves mm. or versions of us that we're not quite ready to see because I kept mm. running from this shadow that was this little girl and it was me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a yeah I mean like attracts you. like mm-hmm. you just kind of get to this point where you're not fearful but you're cautious of what you talk to you kind of put them mm-hmm. through a little bit of a test but you don't fear it the way that you know maybe I used to as a kid because I think maybe lower dimensional beings are bending the rules a little bit because they're more closer to our dimension you know so yeah, sounds weird. Like give something demonic a love, but no, it's literally <laughs> like, I feel like in my experience, the darker or the heavier, the energy, the easier it is to handle. Like, like literally you just like look at it nicely or something and it like immediately shifts. It's crazy. Right. How did you handle the fear when you were a kid? Was it more just like running away from it or were you able to find a sense of control or how did you, yeah, how did you handle it? I mean, a lot of the time, I think being taunted very young, you know, I would throw a sheet over my head and I'd feel the pressure come down or I'd wake up to something kind of scratching my leg or I handled it, I think first kind of like a possum because I didn't know what to do. Mm. And it was like, just kind of frozen. And then after a while, I kind of tried to fight it. You know, Mm. I I would see it and be like, Oh, come at me fool. Like I'm going to beat you up. (laughs) And then um, I think, I don't know, every incident, you know, I just kind of went with whatever that gut feeling was. But um, I guess I learned how to just live with it rather than deny it or push it away the best way I could um I've had my good days and my bad days of course but I don't know I just realized that everything needed love including my shadows and you know and and other people's as well and who am I to judge you know yeah that's not my job it's it's interesting because I'm so curious how different the world would be if kids were taught at an early age like to explore energy and like how to control do so in a controlled manner because Mm -hmm. kids are so connected and I've had so many clients tell me that like somehow their kid is like calling in ETs or like calling Mm -hmm. in like talking to you know what I'm saying like there's so many stories of that where there's like a toddler talking to some ghost and they're like freaking out because they think it's this like (laughs) demonic thing but it's like but what if we cultivated that more that'd be so cool (laughs) right and and in my practice I will do intuitive child counseling because I'm so passionate about giving back to children because their parents are just like whoa I don't know and these kids are ancestors coming back so they're very advanced and they'll tell me like uh there's this really tall creature in the bathroom and their parents are thinking yeah it's a ghost and I'm like oh because you know I'm out near the Mojave Desert so there's a lot of Mm. activity here Um, and I teach the kids how to one not feel 
like they're alone. And two, mm-hmm. I give them the resources to learn how to create a barrier between that if they don't want it, it's free will. So mm-hmm. I empower them, you know, whether I give them uh, essential oil spray, you know, bad be gone, make them feel mm-hmm. more it just depends. Some of them are really intrigued and some of them are really fearful. So we just normalize it. Yeah. And then if they're over seven and they are still experiencing it, I give their parents a lot of research books and how to develop it mm-hmm. and cultivate it and just make it the norm because these kids are next level. I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm closer to 40, but some of these kids are like 12, 13, and they're like telling me who my spirit people are and I'm like oh (laughs) (laughs) there was this um a client of mine her son um her son sees a lot and she has cultivated his gifts a lot and um we were doing a reading and they were in the car and I was talking to her and then she put the camera to her son because he was seeing this like fairy and so we were having a conversation I was like oh yeah there's this like fairy and, and he's like oh yeah he's like blue and he looks like this and I was like yeah exactly and he's like oh and he loves to do this and we're just like having a conversation it, it's so it's so much fun I love I love I love when kids are just like not scared and fully embracing their mm-hmm. gifts I've had um there was a client I had, she is a like psychologist mm-hmm. for an elementary school. And she had contacted me because one of her kids, I think, would like see, would see spirits and would tell people. And they thought that she was just like, um, I think she may have been autistic, but I think what she was saying, they were just like, oh, she's just like making this stuff up. But the lady's like, no, I think that there's something here. So mm-hmm. I think the general intrigue and slow opening to this stuff, I feel like is already starting to make such an impact. And I think mm-hmm. it's even just allowing the souls that are being reborn here to like, you know, I mean, we're definitely expanding incredibly as a collective but I feel like you can even just see that in how sensitive the kids are like it's just everything is becoming a lot more free-flowing which is really cool right yeah and and I think it's important to I'm kind of doing not like heavy research but just through the the years of counseling children now there's a huge connection between children that are highly sensitive people empathic people and even people with ADHD they have mm-hmm. this hypersensitivity. They're always trying to project their energy out because they're mm-hmm. kind of worried, maybe anxiety. And what that does is you kind of end up leaving your body a little bit. And for me, being young, talking to people that were on the other side was safer for me. You yeah. know, like I, this woman brought her daughter in the other day. And she's like, oh my gosh, my daughter's seeing spirits at the grocery store and this and there, and she doesn't know what to do. And the daughter just sat there like scared. And I made it really normal. And I said, okay, well, how does this make you feel? And she's like, well, I don't know what to do. And I said, well, who's behind me? And she's like, an old woman. I said, this is my grandma. Not so scary, right? (laughs) Like. I go, why don't you talk to her? Like, how old is she? How many kids does she have? And she was an amazing medium, but nobody Mm -hmm. had guided her. It was just like fear-based, right? So I work with her now because I just, and I also love to teach ethical practice because you don't want 
to go up to somebody in a grocery store and say, by the way, I have this message. That's a no-no, right? Um, so it's important to teach these kids too. This is a ability. It's also a blessing. It's not a curse, I promise. And <laughs> always ask for uh, that that door, you know, don't just give it because you could really defer someone and hurt them in their grief. You got to honor them, you know? Mm -hmm. So for instance, if I've ever given anybody a message, I'll walk up to them and I'll say, hello, my name's Amy. I'm not trying to upset you at all. And I was just wondering if I could deliver a message for you because I speak for those who can't. And they look at me and they're like, of course, you know, but that's an okay. That's a consensual. Yeah. So we got to instead of being like, hey, guess what? <laughs> Just That's why I get so annoyed with some of these shows that are like, you know, it's a show. So they're always going to say, you're at the restaurant. Oh, the waitress over here. Like, I have a message for you. Like, no, 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 no. Like, I just think that's oh, so. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I went to Trader Joe's. This was sometime last year. Mm -hmm. And there was this woman. Um, Okay, I saw I saw these two women standing there, and one looked like she was weirded out, really hardcore, and the other lady was like, "Yeah," like talking to her all loud. And I was kind of <laughs> listening to the conversation, and the the like loud lady was like, I guess channeling some sort of message from somebody that had passed over, and the other lady like did not want to hear it, and it was like the way that she she was like following her in the grocery store, and I was like girl you gotta calm it down so mm -hmm. I literally felt like I was like felt like a secret agent or something but I was like kind of <laughs> following them too just to like help the girl like put a protective bubble around her and like because it was way too much yeah. I feel like that needs to be taught more <laughs> yeah and it's interesting too because you felt that a million miles away you're like oh there's a disturbance here in the force and it's like yeah. you know and, and that's the other thing too is we don't need to I think that's unfortunately a lot of ego comes in and they're like well I'm this person and I have this message and it's me 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 and I can provide this for you um if somebody asks me for a reading and I'm sure this happens to you a lot as well you know I'll be sitting at a party and someone's like hey what do you do for a living you know casual conversation I'm like oh I'm a medium do you have a message for me and I'll be like hmm the message is I think you should be booking with me in the next week so go ahead because there's there's boundaries there's healthy boundaries like I would never go to lunch with you, Amber, and be like, anyway, do you have a message for me? It's just rude. <laughs> it's just, you know, like, it's a, it's an energy exchange. And it's also, you know, I'm, I've described it this way to somebody who was a bank teller. I said, I wouldn't come into your place of work and ask you to give me more money than I was owed. So please don't <laughs> do that to me, because that's kind of insulting. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry. So as a, a medium, you have to have like, big boundaries kind of you know big ethics behind it it's not something you can just you know take lightly these are people dealing with grief these are people's family members it's important to be compassionate but it's also important to not get mixed up and don't get emotional because you're delivering a message mm -hmm. you know like and, and I think people get nervous you know I always tell people I'm going to be ethical with you I'm you know, people have come to me and they go, am I going to die soon? 
And me being sarcastic, oh, well, honey, we're all going to get there someday. You know, and I just kind of defer from, I'm just like, no, we're not going there. Don't give your power <laughs> away, you know? And the other thing too, is at the, at the end of a session, I'll be like, look, we just talked to your whole family members. Everyone has passed. Now, do you believe that we continue life? Consciousness continues. So why are you so afraid of dying? You know, mm. you gotta, I mean, as a medium, every single day you learn something new. You know, and that we, we are never going to die. It's just a continuation of consciousness. That's all it is. It's, it's a, yeah. it's a graduation. It's not a negative thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think that's one of my favorite um, things about this work especially <clears throat> I think because there's so much um religious stigma around like suicide and like if you do that you go to hell and so I oh. get I first I've had a lot of people the, there's a conversation that's going to come out just before this one with my mm -hmm. friend Ava and we just kind of talked about it a little bit but I've been getting a lot of clients lately that have had a loved one pass from suicide and I think them understanding that like they're they're great like they're flourishing things are good and like I don't know I think just breaking through all of those fear barriers that mm -hmm. just like keep us in place you know I think is just so rewarding I really love ah one thing I love about mediumship is just having like being able to heal wounds like if somebody like talking to somebody's abuser and they just like come through all of a sudden and then they just have to like explain themselves. It's like such a powerful, it's like heavy, but it's so powerful just to help with so much movement getting through the body and, you know, yeah. all and the ultimate wounds. forgiveness, you know, um, mm -hmm. I sat with a client once and it's a man sitting in front of me and there's a man behind him and he's like, this man killed me. And I didn't know what to do with that. I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, wow. But then, you know, in spirit, you know how they kind of take you to the, the moment, you know, consciously. And I yeah. saw it was very long time ago. There was a drug deal that went bad. And here was the man who came forward and said, I forgive him for murdering me because he has a family. And I, I should have died. And I forgive him and tell him it's okay. I'm okay. Let it go. And I was like... Ooh. All right. All right. Well, here we go. Um, anyway, and I just said, hey, you know, no judgment here. I was a bartender for a long time. Uh, I got this guy here. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, girl, I deal with like murders, suicides. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, and it's, you know how it goes, like you'll get one and then all of a sudden the floodgates open, you get five more people with the same thing. Yeah. And spirits always present themselves to me in the way you know, like not how they died, but you know, there's something going on there. I had one person after another and both of their people in spirit were decapitated. Ooh. So it was like a Mexican cartel deal, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I'm like, how in the hell am I seeing this guy without a head? And then the next guy has like no head either. This is bizarre. <laughs> but it's just a projection to say, hey, we know that you found the body, but unfortunately, um, because a lot of this stuff, death is blood, guts, and gore. But remember, yeah. it's the physical body, right? It's the physical. It's mm -hmm. not the spiritual. But 
I have a lot of friends, unfortunately, that have committed suicide. Being from Portland, mm-hmm. Oregon, it's it's a sad place. It's very rainy. And communicating with them, they realize that it's not an escape, but they're not in limbo. They're not in a bad place at all. Mm-hmm. And the more we can send them love and compassion and forgiveness and not take it as something we didn't do for them. It's a personal decision Mm -hmm. and we honor them. They get to go to different levels of consciousness, you know, Mm -hmm. and they've shown me where they are. And I'm like, this is beautiful. Like (laughs) they may have to go through more of a a healing, right? They may have to go through kind of a healing thing that wouldn't normally happen, but yeah, it is really fulfilling to give people that message that, yeah, they're okay. And it's like charades, right? They show you a bunch of weird stuff and you're like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what this means, but, and I, I draw, that is, so, you know, that is an exceptional way of putting it. I never thought of putting it that way. It's literally yeah. like charades. It's like charades. And let me tell you, they will bring people to you. Okay. Cause two years ago, well, I guess it was three years ago now. I was working at Warner Brothers and I saw a spirit. And he was just staring at me. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then I ended up uh, opening my practice here in my office. And years went by and this woman's sitting in front of me and the spirit from Warner Brothers is behind her. And he's like, oh, wow. He's like, I saw you. <laughs> this is my wife. I brought her here. <laughs> And she's like, yeah, I found you. She's like, I found you on Google. It was so weird. I just felt like I needed to talk to somebody. And I'm like, oh my God. You know, so <laughs> it, that's how spirits, they they whisper, they're influencers. They go, hey, hey, you over here, or help my wife. Or they'll do anything they can to get you connected. As I'm sure you've experienced that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really miss... Uh, d- doing this work now full-time and like at home or like you know what I'm saying I'm in like familiar areas but I really miss um working at other places and just getting to know the spirits there and then like all my coworkers get to know the spirits then I'll like have all these stories I worked at Athleta for a while and there Mm -hmm. were a few um there were a few spirits there, but there was one that would run up and down like a hallway um, or would like mess with stuff in the back. And at first, everybody was scared of being there by themselves and stuff like that. But then it got to the point where I'd like get there and they're like, oh, like Joe was just kind of like messing around. And so I talked to him and I was like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it there is. Was, that is something about that for sure. Yeah, there was also this. Um, oh, my gosh. There were. Okay, in the women's restroom, there was this, um, the spirit of a lady, I think she ran like a brothel there or something like that. Um, But she had like this like huge personality. Um, She was really great. And so when people would go to the bathroom, they'd start to like talk to her. I think she would like flicker the lights sometimes, but not in a scary way. She's very friendly. But -hmm. there was one, I think, I don't know if I, I may have spoken about this on my podcast before, but there was a girl that started working at Athleta and she had a really, really, really heavy energy mm-hmm. attached to her. And she would only use 
the men's restroom. I think that one we usually, the women's was basically for everybody. It was just a open bathroom, but the mm-hmm. um, men's was usually locked and we would store like mannequins and stuff in there. Um, but she would exclusively use that bathroom. And when I worked there, um, I would help like dress, uh, flip the store so like when we get Mm -hmm. a new shipment like we'd like change everything whatever so I'd have to go in there to get the mannequins out and every time I walked in there holy moly it was so dark Mm -hmm. it was so dark and then I had people start coming to me saying like oh my gosh like I had to go get a like a thing and I felt like something like scratched me or something like it was it was terrible Mm -hmm. um yeah, I had to do a lot of like work on that bathroom to get it to go. It was this like really weird demonic thing, but it wasn't like it had this ability to like expand and yeah. almost like fill the box, you know, so it could mm-hmm. either be in front of you or it was like engulfing you. Mm-hmm. I know what you mean. I've had one yeah. similar. I'll see it on people sometimes. I mean, all sides are present at all times, but it is always that heaviness and that feeling and people kind of don't even realize that they may even welcome it, not realize, you know, maybe they're not super spiritual people, um, but, you know, toxicity, relationships, alcoholism, I find that, you know, drugs can be a huge, that's the real gateway to getting that kind of stuff. What I've seen like these, yeah, these beings that have like tentacles that like wrap Mm. around people and I'm like you're just like feeding off of that energy and um, I've always described it as you know most people call me for a house clearing and typically it is a spirit right typically it is just somebody who wasn't nice in life and isn't nice after life and then there's been a few rare occasions (laughs) where I've come upon that kind of stuff but the sole mission of that energy is to keep you off of the path right? Of, of being, mm-hmm. rem- remembering you're powerful or remembering that, you know, you are the prize, like mm-hmm. your consciousness, you're, you're, you're not nobody. People feel this big, but they're very important. Each individual is part of that collective cloud. And so to isolate someone is to drain them. And that's the sole purpose of those beings. So it's interesting that she kept going into that same area because it was probably a darker area where it could kind of hang out and it's, you Mm -hmm. know, add add the mannequins in, that's not creepy or anything. (laughs) 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 But I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, they watch movies and they get these ideas and they don't realize even by that's becoming your consciousness as well. So you're, Mm say let's you're watching like a really scary movie and so then you have a reference point so whatever that negative energy knows it will manipulate that and play off of a fear to gather more energy so I would say ignorance is kind of bliss for some people but for us it's not that way Um, Mm -hmm. but I'm glad that it's almost like the universe brought her there because you were there and I'm mm-hmm. sure she's living a healthier and happier life, not even realizing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's I've interesting, had... actually. She mm-hmm. had, um, she started getting a lot of, I think she had gotten, the Zika virus is what was coming from mosquitoes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She had actually gotten that. She went to 
Costa Rica or something for a few months. And she had gotten really sick with Zika virus out there before it was like a thing, before it mm-hmm. had the whole outbreak out here. Um, and I noticed that shift when she returned. It was like there was so much heaviness and then she was having all of these weird like health issues come up. Um, it's interesting how everything's intertwined. Mm, yeah, I think, I mean, I'll be real with you. I went to Egypt in October and I came back with the worst attachment possible. Oh, really? And yeah, and I'm still every day doing my spiritual hygiene to just break that cord, you know? Mm. And it was so weird because before I left, everyone was like, hey, it's really heavy and dark over there. And I was like, I love Egypt. It's going to be a spiritual thing. I love it. I studied it forever. Yeah, well, I came back and I was like, something's wrong. I'm getting angry. Mm-hmm. I'm not an angry person. I'm fighting with my partner, which we don't fight like this. And mm-hmm. I started to understand it wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to say, oh, this isn't me, but I had to go to another healer who had no idea that I'd went on this trip. And she goes, yep, here we go. Here it is. And I knew it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's important to be vigil because a lot of these lower vibrational or even ETs that aren't super positive they'll masquerade Mm -hmm. themselves as some like beautiful you know being like oh look at me worship me and you're like worship you like that's not not free will like that doesn't feel good (laughs) so I'm sure you know like you'll they'll have little glitches or you ask them things and they'll kind of you know and I'm very clear audience so for them they'll just be in my ear and I'm like who the hell are you? And, um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and my, my partner who you've met too, he's like, Hey, mm-hmm. when you're a pillar of light, the taller you are, the, the longer and darker and deeper casting the shadow you will do. So they'll all come, you know, and, and try to mm-hmm. defer you. And I, I know this attachment that I had was trying to get me to stop helping people. You know, I'm starting to doubt, you know, am I doing the right thing? Should I keep my office open? Am I really a good medium? Why am I even doing this? It was weird. So, you know, I always try to teach people, if you're going to connect to your guides, please question them. <laughs> Don't just leave the door open yeah, I've for had, anyone. I've had um, people come to me before where they've... Uh, and this I've talked about on my podcast before, but it's like any voice they hear that tells them to do something, they just start doing. They don't mm-hmm. question where it's coming from. It's just like, and it can be little things like, hey, grab that sandwich, right. go put these socks on. Like it's very minimal, but if you just start blindly following, it's like if if you were to have your phone, I don't know, like on a public, there's a public line, it's on Google and anybody can just call. And every time somebody calls, you're like, okay, let me follow what this person, you know I mean? They're weirdos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't have but to listen to. It's true. Little by little, they'll see how much power they can, you know, they can have over you. And when people come to me and they're all just woken up and, oh, my guides told me to do this. I'm like, hell to the no, your guides shouldn't tell you to do shit. Like they should be comforting or they should give you words of wisdom or they should just give you free will options. But if they're telling you to do stuff, that ain't good. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, that, they're not bossy. No, 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 no. And they're like, I don't get it. They look like an angel. I'm like, well, you better ask them to show their true self because that's a masquerade, honey. You know, I mean, 
And I know because, you know, being younger too, seeing the dark, seeing the light, you know, it's, I, I think people want to be this high vibe kind of guru energy, but they don't acknowledge that there is this other side to spirituality and it is kind of frightening, but when you're good in yourself and your energy and, and nobody can defer you from your path and you don't have to be so worried, you know, you just have to do things like cleansing your energy, taking the time to, to know your guides, not putting mm -hmm. all of your trust into anyone. And I always say like, you're not going to leave your front door open for everyone to just walk in, you know, ask them to come in, take their shoes off, get to know their names, but most certainly don't let them tell you what to do. Heck no. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know? um, mm -hmm. I think, and that also goes back to the idea of love. Cause I feel like with some, especially, well, especially with ETs, cause they can get really funky. Um, mm -hmm. But with just different energies, I feel like if you are able to connect through your heart, and this is why like, I personally like or prefer seeing or just connecting through my heart versus my third eye. Cause I just feel like it like naturally like takes you to this place of love and compassion. But mm -hmm. when you're able to connect to another being's soul rather than just taking it, it's like a person we are performing all the time. Like we're putting on an act. We're just like out in society trying to play our part, be in our movie. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. the soul of the person can be very different. And I think when you're able to just directly connect to the soul, like screw whatever you're seeing and hearing, but just go to the soul. Who are you? What are you about? How can I give you love? And what can we do with this? You know, I feel like it um, really helps mm -hmm. prevent a lot of unwanted and unnecessary weirdness yeah and I think kind of the more you know advanced as you go through your life with this stuff the more it just becomes part of your practice and yeah it's it's important too because like you know I've I'll be washing my dishes and I'm like who's behind me it's this insane demonic dog kind of Anubis looking <laughs> creature and I'm like okay and I'm like, come here, come here. I give it a hug. <laughs> and, you know, it, it dissipates. And all I hear is, thank you. And it's gone. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, I believe, and I, this is kind of going back to the ET thing. I believe that all of us have our intergalactic family. I really do. And I think in a way, we are a creation to kind of be not an experiment per se, but hey, let's create these beings from all different cultivations of collectives. Let's put them on this planet and let's watch them as kind of an experiment and let's give them the option to go to the light or the dark. And it doesn't really matter if they pass away because better luck next time, right? Mm -hmm. But I've never... I mean, I know my family has seen like the grays and stuff. I've never connected to them. I don't always feel great about them, but there are yeah. a lot of different, I mean, there's billions of different energies and they're all like, I couldn't even draw them. They look so weird, right? But again, yeah, connecting at a heart level, you really feel that. And a lot of them are really loving and compassionate. 
you know, a mm-hmm. lot of them can be very, you know, people are like, oh, I've connected to the Pleiadians and they're like, what's that like? I'm like, well, they're really sexual. They are. <laughs> that's, that's how they express love. They don't, they don't understand it's love, right? They don't get it. But uh-huh. every energy is, is different. And even people that are like, have you seen reptilians? I'm like, yeah, some of them are cool. Mm-hmm. You know, just like people, but just use your own discretion. You know, I just, I, and that's what a lot of mediums won't do. They won't open that door. They're just kind of like, nope, I talk to dead people. That's enough. And then there's other mediums mm-hmm. kind of like us that, you know, are a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I think it's a good thing. And that's what I really liked again about your show is just normalizing it. Yeah. You know? There's so much out there. There's mm-hmm. so much out there and so much that wants to help us. And like, you know what I'm saying? They're like all mm-hmm. these like little buddies. Why would we, <laughs> why would we close them off? Yeah. And it's kind of, you know, doing yard work. I have an acre out here in the desert. I always ask the fairies before I disturb their peace, you know, like uh, they're the elementals of nature. But let me tell you out here in the desert, because I'm from Oregon. So I've seen like tree people and moss people and gnomes and all this stuff out here in the desert there's like rock people there's these weird Mm. twisted tree people and and you know if you study shamanism these are all different levels of consciousness and elementals and Mm -hmm. just because an extraterrestrial or off-planet being is also you know an elemental it's also part of this planet and this galaxy and you know, everybody's mm-hmm. warming up to ETs now because literally it's everywhere. And I don't know, people like us have just been trying to normalize it our whole life. <laughs> and I'm like, y'all are just getting to this party. Like, I'm so confused. But I'm glad you're here. You know, and I mean, this is such an amazing time. I'm having people from 10 years old to 70 years old, all of a sudden they're having these experiences you know, with, with off-planet beings and they come in and they're kind of like in my office, like, Hey, so I saw this thing. And I'm like, yeah, it's behind you. And they're like, (laughs) they're like, is this normal? I'm like, well, now it is. So yeah, you can talk about it. (laughs) But yeah, it's not all, it's not all bad, but I will say a lot of it is not hiding anymore. And I don't know if you've noticed that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I had a woman in my office who had a full-blown attachment and her eyes went fully black in front of me. Mm -hmm. And I just sat there and talked to her and gave her some options. And she kept saying, well, we like it like this. And it was a lot of we talk. And when Mm -hmm. she left, I gave her a big hug. And I said, you work with what you want to work with. There's no judgment here. But if you ever want to see the other side of life, I'm here. (laughs) and that's that's that loving compassion you know um so it's so interesting too because like I think so and this goes with just like a lot of religious stuff too and just fear of things we don't understand but any kind of like dark energy like literally if you run from it or hide from it kick and scream at it you are gonna kind of you're going to give it a little bit of a doorway (laughs) for it to kind of like pop in and poke at you, you know, Mm -hmm. but when you just confront it, you're like, no, I love you anyways. It's all good. (laughs) You know, like there's, they've literally no power over you at all. Yeah. It's so powerful. 
you know, and I, I have dreams about, I don't know, slaying a bunch of these beings. And then I feel like, why is my astral body like fighting these dark entities and my human self is like love and peace and whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for whatever reason it is, I, I think there's different levels, of course, of of understanding. But I really think we come to this planet because you know people are like, what's the purpose of life? And that's such a big question to ask anyone. But I think we really come here to live in the world of duality, and hopefully mm-hmm. when we pass away, it's how we come here we just we come here to love we come here to mm-hmm. love in this this heavy dimension we come here to just ultimately love ourselves and love others and as hippie as that is that's kind of what I live by you know yeah and I think yeah. it's a really cool it's a very powerful design <laughs> if you want to call it that but we come mm-hmm. here being so connected to things but not understanding how or why or what you know, and then we just kind of have to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's not then, for everybody too, you know, it's mm-hmm. okay. It's all right. Like some people never question anything. They just, you know, they are mm-hmm. here and, and they experience life and hopefully, you know, that's their own personal experience. And then there's others who all of a sudden either wake up or have always felt a little different and they have a knowing and a hopefully you know are there to help others along the way that's all that matters is connecting with people yeah how do you find how do you find a balance between um honoring the energies around you but not letting them dictate your life for example how you're talking about um outside clearing away stuff how you'll talk to the fairies how do you find Mm -hmm. a balance between there is something that you feel you need to do, however they may be saying, but I don't want you to do it like that. Well, with love and respect, just like any conversation I'd have with anybody, I usually will come into my garden and, you know, they're all chilling and laxing and, you know, eating their stuff and twiddling around doing their thing. I'll just very openly have this conversation where it's like, hey guys, you know, this is our dimension, this is our world, and this is yours, and I respect that. Sometimes some of us can bleed over and see both. Would it be okay if I planted some tomatoes? Because I think it would be good and beneficial for the desert to have some green. And I typically, if they're having like a little bit of a hard time thinking about the change, I'll make them a house. And then they're just Mm -hmm. like, oh, so I'll trade with them. (laughs) I'll make a treaty, you know, I'm like, hey, I'm going to make this beautiful house out of a Joshua tree and juniper bush. And I'm going to put it right in this corner and I'll give you a little bell and I'll make sure you have nuts sometimes. And then typically it's like, all right, well, cool. We'd rather move in there. You know, so it's just honoring them. I don't want them in my house. I can tell you that Um, (laughs) because I've, I've had trouble with the borrowers. That's just what I call them. Where they're like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna take whatever, you know, I'm gonna take your keys, I'm gonna take your makeup, yep. I'm gonna, and yep. I'll just sit there like, oh yep. my God. <laughs> like, are you serious? So typically, <laughs> as long as I create houses for them outside, acknowledge their presence, it's a symbiotic, like very chill relationship. And just like anything, I think just acknowledging them sometimes is what they want. You know, um, 
I'm not, maybe this sounds weird. I, I do not like leprechauns. I'm sorry. That shit is real. They are not fun. <laughs> I have had to clear them out of so many people's houses. They torture dogs. They torture kids. And they love bird seed. So anybody who has birds, chickens, or anything, please keep your seed inside something contained. Um, they are such a nuisance. So for those things, I don't. there's no compromise with those. But fairies are inherently just like people. They can be you know, naughty or nice or whatever. So just acknowledging them, kind of giving a treaty or, I don't know, just being like, hey, I'm cool with you guys. You can exist as long as it's not like it's destroying my stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting with fairies because they're so fluid. I feel like I've had many, there have been many points in my life where I've had fairies around that are like, I have, if I have a favorite necklace, mm-hmm. they take it. I will never see it again (laughs) or like, you know, random Mm. things. Um, But I feel like what I've noticed, and I think this is the approach that I take in general when connecting with people. And I wonder if it comes from my interactions with fairies. I've never made that connection before, but usually if there is somebody that is a bit troubled Mm-hmm. or perhaps like dishonest or you know just a little bit sketchy even with kids I work with a lot of um at-risk youth you know so there's there's a lot of behavior that they see or you know that they then try to carry out mm-hmm. I try to connect to them on a deep personal level just making them feel like safe and where they are in their body and their space and then there's this like mutual trust and then it's almost like there's no reason for them to do anything to me and I feel like with fairies that's usually if there is a heavier fairy I just kind of connect to it at a heart Mm -hmm. level and just be like oh you're chaos cool let me like sit with you in this or let me let me see it show it to me (laughs) let's go yeah (laughs) you know like what's bothering you little one (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) and I feel like it's almost like their chaos doesn't one it either doesn't work here so they just are like okay well this is boring I'll just leave or it'll kind of allow them to shift into this like new thing because they are so fluid and constantly exploring you know yeah absolutely no I I agree with that and and they're not the little pretty looking angelic cutie girls with wings I'm sorry they're (laughs) they're they're not um (laughs) that deck that you have next to you that I'm looking at is that the Mm -hmm. Brian Froud deck yeah, uh-huh. to to me, a lot of them look, I think he's amazing. He's an amazing person, but I think that is probably the most similar um, depiction mm. of what they really kind of most of them to look like, you know? Yeah. Um, they're very androgynous and very like earthy and very, I don't mm-hmm. know. I've just, I never really, I didn't know that other people didn't experience that. Um, just because in the Pacific Northwest, you know, we have all this lush greenery and most of them live very peacefully outside tending to, you know, their homes and their gardens Mm -hmm. and things like that. So it it just depends on who you are and where you are, I think too. Mm -hmm. And absolutely, you know, yeah. Yeah. The fairies in like when I went to Ireland, I was so excited to connect to like all these fairies. And then I got there, I was like, oh, this is not 
what I had in mind. I yeah. it was hard for me to resonate with them. But yeah, it it changes it changes so much. There are fairies that are fairies are just so interesting because mm-hmm. there are some that are going back to what I was saying, like you could just sit with them at like a heart level and they'll leave, but there are also some that want to push it more. But mm-hmm. I feel like the like fairy nature in me wants to like challenge that and be like, okay, then let's go deeper, <laughs> like get even crazier. <laughs> I'm going to be here with you, you know? And I feel like it naturally just makes it like fizzle out. Because I was thinking about it and I was like, uh, there are some cases where I have had to set strict boundaries, but over time, um, I have these, like, my um, ex used to get these hobgoblins that were really attracted to him. And Mm -hmm. every time he would either say hobgoblin or think about them or like, I don't know, he would step in in like dog poop every single time every single time <laughs> and so well, he was scared fine. how do you do yeah <laughs> so uh-huh. he was scared of talking about him. he'd call him like the hbs um mm-hmm. but they loved him and it's like it's this exchange of like if you step in dog poop and you're like oh it's like creating a scene and it's almost like exciting for them but Mm -hmm. if you like step in it and you're like oh thanks they're like you know it's kind of like they're like oh okay they're not (laughs) getting that reaction yeah yeah, it's like some people's love language could be to like annoy their partner and I feel like that's their love language Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you don't like allow it to get to you then it's like um (laughs) right (laughs) to the next yeah and the people that don't believe because not everybody needs it's a belief right there's a knowing that there's a belief I would say to those people when I talk about the fairies or the leprechauns or just other elementals I'm like hey listen these are beings that all are stemmed from something or someone's it's still in here it's an actual like when people are like, really, Amy, you think mermaids are real? I'm like, hell to the yes, because everyone in the world knows what a mermaid is. So how could that just mm-hmm. be an imaginary thing? So there's these different levels of people. And you get to this point as a medium where you don't really have to prove shit anymore because you're just like, mm-hmm. that's just your everyday life. And I think a lot of kind of those lower dimensionals or the, you know, the HBs, as you call them, um, <laughs> It's, it's feeding fear with fear or getting in a reactionary state that makes them happier. So when I go to clear a house, I'll say, okay, who's been yelling at the ghost? The ghosts love that, you know, <laughs> they get out of my house and the spirit's like, hell yeah, they felt me, I ruined their day, you know, like, so it's like, do you want to feed it? It's like a bully. Do you really want to feed that? You know, and so yeah, stacking, stepping in dog poop, that's a shitty situation. But at the same time, acknowledging it and not giving it the power is the real cure for a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. to be honest. So, and it did actually stop because I told them it's like they just really love you. They do. So, if you look at it as like this expression of love, like somebody giving you a hug you know, right. it'll change it. And he did. And then they stopped doing that. And then he could say the word hobgoblin without <laughs> stepping in. Anything. Well, I'm glad he was open to your suggestion because there's nothing harder than being a psychic medium and, and dating someone who 
does not resonate with that. And, you know, it's, it's difficult. I've actually thought about making like a psychic dating app because like, how hard is it to be an intuitive? Because they're always like, oh, you're going to know what I'm doing, or you're going to, you know, remote view me or (laughs) (laughs) like my, my fiance, bless his heart. You know, when you get into these states, like you're taking a shower, you're vacuuming and you just kind of drift, right? Uh. I'll see him at work and I'll be like, oh no, that guy next to him smoking. He doesn't like him. And I'll call him and be like, hey babe, could you step away from that guy? He really doesn't like you. And he's smoking and I don't like that for you. He's like, will you stop spying on me? Will you stop that? <laughs> and it's, it's not like we're doing that intentionally. It's just part, when you care about somebody, there's this protection that you cast over them. And, you know, it's not like we're trying to peer into people's windows. That's not being ethical, but yeah, sometimes you can't help it. You know, it's, sometimes uh, it just happens, especially I get that a lot with thoughts where thought processes from my partner will just kind of come in or whatever they're thinking about. And it could be at like a really inappropriate time. And it just like, I'll just get this down. And I'm like, Oh, well, <laughs> didn't see that. Like <laughs> that's obviously right. private and it kind of drifted in, but yeah. And people don't realize too, being clairvoyant, you know, is connected all the chakras are connected to your different abilities, but being clairvoyant doesn't always mean visually seeing it's subjectively and objectively and the power of the mind. I try to explain it to people. It's like a daydream, but it's realer than real. So Mm. I'll be with a client and their mother will take me to a section in heaven, but I'm still with the client and they have no idea that I've drifted off. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like different layers of, of consciousness and, everybody's like oh I want to see spirits I'm like you do every day all around you I turn that off <laughs> I just turn I've learned how to turn it off because I need to be present I need to have yeah. one foot here it's important to embody the body you don't want to be living in this like mysticism of oh I see all these angels around you and woo, you know like they're there but you know be uh protective of your energy you're also supposed to live a human experience you know there you are okay i'm back <laughs> <laughs> anyway don't know what happened oh that's okay um, <laughs> there's a friend of mine who is a um dancer and i've had conversations with him because he's very very connected to everything like et's um a friend of mine actually had a wedding. She married um, an ET. Mm-hmm. And he and I both like astral projected to like attend the wedding. And we were like telling her what we were seeing. That was actually really cool because I love when there are moments of confirmation because he and I were not in the, I was with her physically. He was mm-hmm. somewhere else. And she, I was talking her through everything I was seeing and like the process. And then um, I think the next day she had called him and he was saying like, everything he had seen and it was the exact same thing and I was telling her while I was with her I was like oh yeah I see him he keeps kind of like coming in and out and he had told her like I was trying but I kept getting like distracted and or he was like tired I forgot what it was um but Mm -hmm. I love moments of confirmation like that but anyways um he's very connected to so much 
And Mm -hmm. he, for a long time, had to really, like, shut it off because he was just, like, floating in the clouds. Like, he gets so sucked into it. And especially Mm -hmm. with dance, if you're a choreographer or dancer, you need to be very, like, you need all your brain power, you know, to learn the choreography (laughs) and, like, figure out the counts and whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's, there's a, it's, it's a muscle, essentially. And I feel like if you obviously shut it off too much, it's, your body can't handle it when something does come in. If you're Mm -hmm. there too much, you can't necessarily handle the physical too well because your Mm -hmm. body's not acclimated to that. You have to like work it out and like figure out your balance, you know, like practicing, connecting and being present and figuring out when boundaries need to be placed, when that door needs to be closed and stuff like that. I have a lot of people, I think there's a misconception that when you're um, like a psychic medium you're just constantly going about life open like you're constantly tapped you're, you're tapped in all the time I was like no I, I am tapped in but everyone's tapped in but I purposely tap out okay so the reason why I do that is yes I'll have a channeling session with somebody and I bring in all their angels and we go over their whole life and then I'll go home and I'll watch stepbrothers because <laughs> I need that kind of dumb to bring me back in and yeah. or I'll or I'll garden when I'm feeling like too, I don't know. People need to ground. Everybody wants to open their third eye, start at the bottom and work your way up. And my mom, you know, coaching me, she's like, Well, Amy, you know that you're in this earth, but you're not of it, but act accordingly. Because nobody wants to go up to someone who's having a major spiritual psychosis. And it's, it's not going to feel good. It's, it's going to feel strange. And you're going to be like, that person's gone off the deep end kind of thing. You have to cultivate it. It's a practice. It, it's, it is a muscle. But you don't have to work out every day. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, even with your muscles, I mean, if you like go like this, if you like work your, your biceps every day, like you're going to actually cause more like right. issues you need a rest yeah <laughs> there needs and to be balanced who wants to walk around flexing all the time and, <laughs> you know yeah. it's it's important and dance is such a beautiful way to move that energy and I love getting lost in dance because when you're dancing you're so fluent you're not worried about you know who's watching or what you're gonna have for dinner or you're mm-hmm. not thinking about clients that are going to come to see you and the what ifs you're just in the flow state And so I encourage people that are, you know, if they're feeling shaky or not strong, do something that really grounds you and you really embody yourself. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's important to realize that yes, this body is the container and the soul is, is the truth of what we really are, but don't meditate for 10 hours a day. My God, like (laughs) that's just escapism. Like be here now, like now is the time to be human. It's all right. We're amazing beings, you know, and uh, people come up to me and they're like, I was an alien once. I'm like, well, that's cool. It's not really like a lot of people are, but you are human now. Like, don't be Mm -hmm. a past life junkie, like learn from those lives and cultivate that in your life currently, because currently this is what you're experiencing, you know? Mm -hmm. And, And I get these people that are you know, I, I typically find myself gravitating towards older, you know, intuitives because they just kind of know, you know, they just kind of figured it out. And a lot of these people pushing more of this new age woke stuff, 
it's like they don't master anything. They just kind of jump from practice to practice. Mm. And, you know, that's a conversation that's been present a lot in the dance community, too. Everybody wants to be like a well-rounded dancer. So they just hop around, they train in something for a few months and then move to the next, but you don't actually like root in it. Mm -hmm. Like you're, it's almost like you're pretending, like you don't have the deep fundamentals of a specific dance style because you're just kind of scraping the surface. And so there are so many people and I feel like, I feel like this is probably just a result of just having the internet and there being so much and so much available to us, but people just like, move from thing to thing to thing even in relationships I feel like person to person to person or friend to friend to friend you know what I'm saying there's just so much movement without actually like rooting down and really embracing what like the significance of a certain practice or something Mm -hmm. like that you know and then once you kind of I mean mastery is like a whole other thing but once you just kind of really start to get a gist of it then perhaps explore something but keep exploring that original thing you know yeah well and that's why I like continued education and I'll take classes even though you know I'm doing this professionally I'll take classes to learn other tools other techniques or maybe to cultivate a class of my own and just kind of slowly you know incorporate some of the things that I've learned through my experience and it's like never stop learning don't just think like hey I'm the shit and I don't need it anymore Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I meet these people and they're like, oh yeah, I do Reiki, Akashic record readings. I'm a medium. I'm a trans medium. I do cacao ceremonies. And I'm like, okay. Like, it's just seems like, (laughs) and I'm not downplaying it. I love people exploring these possibilities, but at the same time, it's like, Hey, like, did you read about cacao? Did you go and get, you know, these, these people that taught you about the cultivation of the practice and like, it's important to really embody that and and to make it part of you, not just like a thing that you do and have people sign up. And I don't know, I just, I'm a firm believer in really honing in on an ability or skill and then creating something around it instead of just the flash in the pan, you know? Mm -hmm. So I encourage people to read books, to take classes, to expand their consciousness, but don't ever think like, all I know is nothing. And that's what I tell people all the time. You know, ask yourself, sit with your own self, find your own answers. People mm-hmm. hate that, by the way. They do. They do. <laughs> it's funny too, because in training, in training, um, <laughs> I've had so many people get frustrated with me. When I'm training people, and there's like this energy or something in their body. It's like, if I'm training them, the intention is for you to be able to tap into this yourself. You know, you want to learn that. And with people, they're like, ah, this thing isn't going away. What do I do? And it's like, well, talk to it. What does it have to say? It's like, I don't know. I just want it to go. Like, well, <laughs> Can I just spiritually it? bypass this? Can't you just fix it for me? Can't you just tell me what it's saying for me? Because I don't trust myself enough to understand but you know, I, it's just the silence is the key. The meditation mm-hmm. is the key, the key that unlocks more. And so I'll give people handouts and I'm like, Hey, when you get this sign, I'll know when to give you more. Mm. And, you know, I like this saying that Dolores Cannon says, it's like, you can't feed 
a baby estate. Like people aren't ready for Mm -hmm. some of the things that even we're talking about, but they will get there eventually if they Mm -hmm. make it as important to them as breathing. Mm. And if we all did that, you know? Yeah, definitely. I feel like those moments too usually tend to be very um, pivotal, pivotal in somebody's development when they do finally talk to it and they do get a clear answer and they do see change then it's it's like see <laughs> it didn't have to be so hard <laughs> no I always say I'm a cheerleader I'm like go 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 you can do it you can do it um it's it's not above you it's obtainable like mm-hmm. if everyone knew they had this team of guides and angels and this collective of support and love we would really feel less alone in this world and we would not go to those negative ways of, you know, self hurting or, or just kind of being so bad to ourselves. If we really understood our true power, we wouldn't always give it away. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's not egotistical to love yourself and say, Hey, I'm really good at this. What I love Mm -hmm. about myself is this. And I started doing that years ago. You know what I love about myself that I'm compassionate towards people. And it felt so weird to say that. (laughs) you know but I had to really start believing that and absorbing that and then I started to love myself more which in tune helped people love themselves more so that's really what it's about is at the end of the day it doesn't matter what your name was what you look like how much money you've had like I have clients from billionaires to can barely pay me it doesn't matter they're all souls they're Mm -hmm. all willing and open and able to want to understand this world in a better way so again it's it's like you have the torch and you want to give it to them and they're like oh I don't know (laughs) (laughs) I had this um this is kind of going back to something that we had talked about a second ago but I had this client that um She's going to like stick in my head forever. It was such an interesting experience. She was, this was her first lifetime here. She was Mm -hmm. from a different planet. And she just did not understand how to be a human. Like, yeah. To an extent I have never seen before. um, Mm -hmm. Where I think, I don't remember how old she was. I think she was like, in her mid 40s she had kids and a family you know what I'm saying but she Mm -hmm. was saying like she's like I literally don't know what people do like on a Saturday I don't know what a person does so I just drive around and try to like watch people and just copy their behavior because I don't know what to do like Mm -hmm. what do you do like it just her whole life it was like she was just like trying to copy to like fit in because she just didn't understand Mm -hmm. and she had these like her, um, the beings of her home planet where she had come from, um, it was almost like she was the first soul to have left there to explore. Mm. The ambassadors. mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And it was almost like they didn't know what to expect having somebody come to earth and they weren't really sure how to like how to maintain contact with her or to like get information back so she just felt like it was almost like they were always trying to like tune into her but they didn't understand how and because she's a human and doesn't remember that connection she couldn't feel it either and so Mm -hmm. her whole life she felt these beings like there but like you can't grab at them they're just like 
like outside of where her fingertips can reach you know and then just feeling so lost and like confused yeah it was so interesting I would be very disassociating I can kind of relate to it except for I had to figure out how to acclimate to the planet like I've never Mm -hmm. felt like super connected to Gaia or when I was young I'm like I'm from up there and I knew that (laughs) Um, I know that I've had a, a life in Egypt and that's why I returned to it just to kind of sit with that life, but um, it would be rather isolating and I, I can totally, I don't know, kind of understand that feeling, but then there's also something holding you back to not fully accepting mm-hmm. being an ambassador of your people. It's mm-hmm. all about observing, reporting, and if you can't make that connection, it's almost like meditating would be a super priority for her just to be able to release some of those observant you know behavioral things but yeah yeah, I've I've had people that are certainly kind of first timing uh Mm -hmm. the the human experience and they're my favorite they're my my favorite favorite to work with (laughs) they're like I don't like my hair I don't like my body (laughs) I don't feel I feel like this and I don't I don't know if I'm male or female and I'm like hey I totally understand (laughs) Um, but again, there is a purpose for us coming here because, you know, going back to the religious thing, if all of a sudden, you know, the big JC showed up, we'd probably still kill that person. You know, I mean, that's a whole, (laughs) yeah, that's a whole religious (laughs) thing, but it's almost like the returning of energy or consciousness has to come incognito. So we've Mm. got all these star seeds and all these people Mm -hmm. showing up and they're fully aware that this is kind of not where they from so normalizing it having those conversations and just making them feel seen is so important and And I think a lot of times with those people what I've noticed is just acknowledging the fact that like yes you are not from here this is very unfamiliar the emotions like everything here is very foreign they're like Mm -hmm. oh and then it completely like shifts it and they're able to like sit more comfortably yeah. in who they are you know it makes I feel like that piece of understanding usually makes such a difference with the lady that I was talking about <clears throat> I was um she started to like finally feel contact with her but with them um but mm-hmm. with her I think the panic of they're there I can almost feel them but not quite like that panic was creating mm-hmm. such a barrier um and I feel like a lot of times the same way of just being like oh I'm not from here. Okay, cool. That like ease and relaxation naturally connects you to um, your purpose here and the abilities and tools that you, that your soul brought with you to be able to carry out all of those things and make those connections and stuff like that. Um, But it Mm -hmm. all starts as you were talking about, like start at the root rather than the third eye. It all starts with yourself and just becoming grounded in your body. You know, it all Mm -hmm. just kind of opens up from there. Absolutely. And and I think to acknowledge it is to release it, right? So mm-hmm. when you're just like, okay, like this is the first step to my healing. Like I am disassociated with humans and I do have this weird thing where um, I didn't realize a lot of people couldn't speak telepathically when I was young. And that really weirded me out because <laughs> um, in my family, it's like, inside jokes and we're talking across the room without moving our mouths and so getting into a public setting even going to the mall when I was a kid I'm like looking at these people I'm like oh shit they can't hear me 
and it was kind of a weird awakening. Uh, it was probably like around like 13 or 14 where I started being around other people, you know, more and realizing that my family was a little bit different, but I still honor that journey rather than push it away because there's a direct reason to be here, mm-hmm. you know, when I've had people come up to me, you know, the same in a grocery store. Oh, look at you. You don't even look human. And they'll laugh. And I'm like, <laughs> like, awkward, awkward. <laughs> but you know, it's all about adapting. And, and like I said, when you're good within yourself, it's okay to, it's understandable to disassociate, but realize that you came here for a divine purpose for your expansion, or maybe on behalf of other cultures and communities. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you look at some cultures and you're like, some people aren't, aren't even aware they're connected and maybe they'll get it next lifetime. And there's no winning or losing here. It's just an experience. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've had clients like that. They're like, I don't think I'm a person. And I'm like, Hey, <laughs> that's okay. Like, welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, like also enjoy the human experience, the human body. You know, I, I used to color my hair a million times a week. I could never feel comfortable. I would get tattoos because I just remember my body being covered in armor when I was some other planet. And, you know, so I've always kind of felt like a little bit of a loner. And then I realized I really wasn't alone. There are other people and beings and things here, uh, similar experiences. So don't ever feel isolated and just normalize everything. Normalize your body, normalize these conversations, normalize having abilities. Everyone's like, I wish I was psychic. I'm like, you are. You yeah, are. Everybody is. <laughs> we all are. Absolutely. Do you have time for one more question? Yeah, of course. Sorry, oh. I ramble a lot. <laughs> oh, no, you're good. <laughs> I would like to discuss further being a psychic medium in a relationship how has that journey been for you I love this question because it is something that is not talked about very often um my partner has decided he wants to write a book called so I married a psychic medium Uh, (laughs) because his experiences with me he didn't know anybody prior who was really intuitive um he laughs a lot because he said he used to go ghost hunting. And I'm like, why are you hunting people's grandmas? <laughs> <laughs> like, you're hunting spirits? <laughs> like, that's so foreign. So it, it has been, again, a challenge. But being in a relationship with, with my loving fiance, um, it, I first didn't tell him, you know, when we got together, I, I kind of kept it to myself. I wasn't fully out of that closet yet. And over the course of many months, I kept having his brother come to me with messages. And I finally just said, hey, I speak to spirits. Your brother's here. You got to deliver this. And over the course of now we've been together almost five years, he's just kind of accepted it. You know, it's another day at the office. And um, I think he needs a big award because being intuitive and being a medium it comes with, for me anyway, high levels of stress, you know, anxiety. Mm-hmm. And he's really just been a rock for me. So I asked the universe to send me someone who could handle my crazy ass. And <laughs> low, low, low. But it's not, again, something I would have told him from the get-go. It's not something I 
typically say to people from the you know opening like hey how are you I'm a medium Mm. um and it comes with a stigma of course but it's been it's been a journey and it's actually by me explaining to him you know from my point of view it's opened him up to his own shamanic uh you know journeys Mm -hmm. now he's a hypnotherapist I'm so proud of him and uh, so it's really opened him up and it's helped his family as well understand that, you know, there's a different side of life. And I've been really blessed to have him in my life. And yeah, I'm just so happy that he's not like, okay, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's interesting because I think my entire life, anybody I've ever been with, has never been um, like very energetically connected. Yeah. And I think for me that's necessary because otherwise I'll live way too hard in like I need somebody to like really ground me. Yeah, somebody that's really superhuman human to kind of bring you back in. Yeah, for sure. And I understand that. I dated one person gosh, probably like 10 years ago, who was very, very intuitive and saw spirits. And I really opened up to him and the experiences we had were too many, right? Mm. It was like, you know, when you're with another intuitive and all of a sudden it's like at night, it's like, oh crap, everybody, everything's here. And with my current uh, partner, he is intuitive, but in a different way. Um, And he does feel like my island, like it's safe. You know, I can ground with him and he can be like, Hey, Amy, it's time to 3D right now. It's time to people right now. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, sir. You know, like, <laughs> so it's like sometimes I feel like a kite, but he makes sure to kind of reel me back in. And it's yeah. been a blessing for sure. So, yeah. I think it is interesting though, because typically when I am with somebody, for some reason, they tend to start off not believing. Mm-hmm. in energy or whatever which I'm fine with I don't really care like it's mm-hmm. you know we could believe whatever the hell you want to believe um, <laughs> but over time there's like a natural which makes sense uh, but they start like connecting more to their intuition it's like with my ex and the hobgoblins or right you know yeah um, there's like curiosity that's that's drawn out but it is definitely I think the biggest challenges I've had are just being very receptive to how they're feeling Mm -hmm. when they're not comfortable to perhaps vocalize how they're feeling yeah, or even knowing the root of something that's bothering them before they are, you know, and like, you can't just be like, Hey, I know what's (laughs) what's wrong with you. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I get this weird feeling. I feel this coming on. Well, there has been moments, you know, where things go bump in the night and my loving man is crying. He's like, how can I protect you from what I can't see? Mm. You know, and he felt like really desperate and, and sad because here I am having these experiences, good and bad. And he kind of felt like, am I not as important or why can't I? You know, and it's not, like I said, it's not for everyone. I I think certain families have genetic, you know, things that happen. But the more I open up to him and just explain what's going on, it becomes the new norm. It's just 
it feels a lot more peaceful to be open about it. You know, you're not yeah. trying to change anyone's mind. You're just like, hey, you know, I was at work today and I saw these people with their heads off. And well, I mean, I guess that's kind of the thing. And, <laughs> and yeah, so I guess it just takes the right person. When you're with the right person, everything's easy, right? I mm-hmm. mean, just not easy to date because eventually they're going to figure out what you do and they either care for it or they don't (laughs) that's why I said where's the psychic dating app like where's it at you know what actually I think I don't know a friend of mine I don't know if if she found some sort of spiritual living dating app or if she just got lucky but Mm. she's met these like really spiritual people on some sort of dating app which is very interesting because it's or she may have gotten lucky I'm not sure (laughs) I don't know which it is but it's it's I feel like such a different I mean I've never dated somebody that is very spiritual but even just with friends it's such a different experience Mm -hmm. like just openly just jumping right on in into Mm -hmm. that realm of things you know versus like having to tiptoe but I feel like both are very fulfilling for different reasons that's true I mean I have friends that don't talk to me about anything other than current movies music just funny stuff they'll send me stupid memes and then I have friends that are like hey you want to go to this crazy women's circle and take all these (laughs) cacao things and get weird and I'm like yeah that's cool it's a balance right Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I love just anything that is kind of opening you up, but also people that are able to just human with you is so important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I have friends, they know what I do. They don't ask me, they don't care. Yeah. And then I have, Same. you know, I have people from my life prior from like, you know, 15 years ago that I'll put out on my Facebook, which I barely use like, Oh, I'm doing this ceremony or whatever. And they're like, I always knew there was something about you. It's like they have this weird, <laughs> like they have to express that they knew that you're some sort of weirdo before you. Um, but yeah, like the more I would say, the more I've expanded, the more I cherish those relationships that are just fully like, hey, let's go grab some pizza and just bullshit, you know. Um, again, there's there's that beautiful balance that we need in life to to just be, and it's it's good to be seen as well you know this is this is a this is personal (laughs) so I'm sorry if you don't want to answer you don't have to no I'm good but I just had this I just had this um concept come come through how Mm -hmm. what is your uh, being somebody that's very connected to spirituality and stuff like that how does that affect your sex life well I don't mind answering that at all because I think that's just part of you know being human and being a passionate person at times like I said being a very anxious person I'm I'm very anxious and it's just something that I've experienced through my childhood and and recently it can affect it because you know you can have really good days and maybe feel more attractive and then you can have these days where you're like wow I just had to fight off all these demonic energies and that's not going to turn on anybody at the end of the day I mean that's kind of a not a very sexy experience. Um, so with any good relationship, I, I firmly believe in like, you know, tantric stuff and, and being mm. more of somebody who can cultivate a trust rather than anything else. So being 
a medium myself, you know, a lot of mediums go through a lot of trauma early on as well. So therapy, 100% really, really helps. And vulnerability, being able to trust your partner. So I would say, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like, I've gone through these things personally in my life where I was like a very hypersexual person, right? Like mm-hmm. I was always, I was go-go dancing. I was always in my bra, walking around like, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me. And I realized I was actually suppressing a lot of trauma within myself. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's balance again, but with any good relationship, it is work. You just have to prioritize your partner's you know, being somebody that you want to do that with. It's a very, I don't know, when you're spiritual, you just don't want regular sex. You don't, you want like a deep connection because you can feel that energy with someone. And I typically will tell my clients, a lot of people you have really good sex with actually aren't your long-term partners. Mm. They're actually like one night stands because you aren't emotionally connected you know, and you may vibe with somebody really well and then no um, judgment on one night stands, but to have a partner, a long-term partner, you have to get to know their energy. Mm. You know, I, I wouldn't say, um, it's just not the first thing in my mind ever. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, being a spiritual person, it's almost like you want to connect with the heart more than the body or the energy more than the physical sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's important, you know? Yeah, I agree. I feel like, um, I feel like I need, I don't know, with any kind of sexual exchange, it feels very deep where I, I personally, and this is also coming from trauma, but I think it's just also part of my nature. Like, I'm not somebody that can just sleep around or like Mm -hmm. I can't like I need like a long-term partner I'm a long-term relationship kind of girl Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know where I just like need to fully be able to like be vulnerable and feel safe to just completely like surrender everything Mm -hmm. I've had um there was I was getting a message from somebody a while ago that had requested that I talk about um like sex and spirituality on my podcast Mm -hmm. and just kind of talk about um today's culture where it's just like you're just kind of sleeping around and it's like I don't think I can talk about that though because that's not my experience because I just could not I I can't partake in it so I can't speak (laughs) on it (laughs) well like I said I no judgment to people that do but we do live in this upgrade swipe 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 And and I think it's really important to I mean, if you've actually been with a long-term partner and there's this love exchange, and by the way, when you're a medium, when you're doing the deed, it's not like you want to see spirits around you and stuff like that. <laughs> so this is why it's good to to practice that turning it off sort of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you ain't going to want to see someone's dead family member next to you while you're in the middle of that. So pe- <laughs> people have asked me, like, do spirits watch you when you're sleeping around? I'm like, I don't know. I turned it off. I don't want to know, <laughs> you know, cause some of them are kind of nosy. Like I'll be yeah, in the shower. Are. Uh-huh. They are. They're super uh-huh. nosy. I was in the shower once and I was just washing my hair and I hear this young boy, like 16, like, Hey, and I turn around. I'm like, excuse you. <laughs> and he's 
like, I don't care about that. I'm just here to, you know, my friend's coming in later. Can you give her this message? I'm like, can you get the heck out of my bathroom? <laughs> um, but if somebody is a pervert in life, I'm sorry, there's probably going to be a pervert in death. So this is where you cultivate the rules and regulations of how much do you want to be open versus like, it is important to turn it off. Yeah. But I would say trust is the key in any relationship. For me, energetically, it'd be really hard to sleep around at this point. And I think like when I was younger, you know, maybe it was, it was a little bit different for me because I wasn't, I was pushing away spirituality. I was pushing away mm. like who I truly was. And so that might've been easier for me at that time, but I'm a very monogamous long-term relationship mm. kind of person because it's, you got to have the connection to have the want to want to even do that kind of physicalness. I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess people don't really talk about spirituality and sexuality very much, to be honest. Yeah, I think when, <clears throat> I mean, there's definitely an exchange that happens when you have sex with people. And I think one thing that I've noticed too, which also deters me from like hookup culture is if I'm in a funk or if my partner's in a funk mm -hmm. afterwards, now we're both in a funk. <laughs> like it, it, it has clearly exchanged. Right. And if there's a stranger I don't want their funk. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, that's that root chakra. That's that primal, right? And that's your mm -hmm. prana. You're going to be sharing your prana. So if you, you know, I'm not telling anybody to just be a nun, but really consider mm -hmm. you are what you eat. You are your surroundings. You are who you're exchanging with. And there is literal DNA swapping between the two of you, you know, regardless of how safe you're being <laughs> even. So just think about that, you know, do you want to incorporate their energy into yours because there'll be a residual energy there. Mm -hmm. And every time you do connect with somebody, it is a very spiritual experience. You don't want to just be giving that to strangers because to honor yourself is to honor others, you know, yeah. and I don't know. I think that hookup culture thing, we live in that world where it's like, okay, next, okay, next. Mm -hmm. We have to value one another, yeah. you know, and, and we need to place importance on, on each other and respect each other enough to have these open conversations. If I was dating these days, I, the first thing I would say is like, well, you better get to know me for like at least a year. And a lot of people, <laughs> they would fail. They'd be like, no, thank you. But for me, it's a spiritual, emotional vulnerability that I'm not willing to give away like a Costco sample. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, I think this is TMI. Or who mm -hmm. cares? We're already going. Yeah, <laughs> this is already TMI. My current. <laughs> so my current partner um, is the first like stranger that mm -hmm. I've dated um, because with other people, <clears throat> like with my ex, we were friends for years prior with my ex before I had met him um, in a class. So I had like already kind of known him. Um, so my current partner was the first stranger I dated and just coming off of you know like having two long-term relationships I was just kind of like let me just explore what well not explore hookup culture I don't know what it was I just was like okay if I end up having sex on the first date I'm just gonna give myself permission to do so just out of curiosity because mm -hmm. I've never done that and I've never felt safe to do that 
and this is the first time in my life where I feel very like in control and present in my body um Mm -hmm. and I definitely won't do that again (laughs) if I was in that position but I think Mm -hmm. what has been interesting is just seeing our sexual dynamic shift as we've gotten to know each other more Mm -hmm. like it's I feel like in general I'm able to just intimacy I really enjoy intimacy and just that vulnerability and the longer you're with somebody you know I feel like the more special it is and it's been very interesting just kind of seeing how that has changed and like yeah it's it just feels so much more special and like beautiful um yeah which is really cool. I feel like it just, I'm glad that I was able to have that experiment. <laughs> I won't be re- repeating it. But it blossomed in this, you know, and that's the thing I always say every day, I trust the unfolding of my life because you took a chance, you did something you wouldn't have normally done and it blossomed into something else. So like I said, I was going through this I had the worst relationships for years, narcissist empath situations. And I got to a point where I cried out to the universe and I was like, send me somebody worth a damn. Like, this Mm -hmm. is ridiculous. And I think, like I said, when you value yourself, you attract, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, when your heart is full and you're able to give love to others, you can give people love platonically and it is a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have so many platonic friends that I've never been intimate with being intimate is also such a thing that you should cherish as a person, as a soul. And I don't know, there's just this point in your life. And, you know, the more that you grow and you know yourself, you value you differently. And some people have that ego where they need to, it's a fulfillment or it's conquering something. And I always say like, you know, there's this hookup culture. It's like, well, what's the lesson in that? How do you feel? You know, are you doing it because you're trying to F the pain away? You know, what do you, what are you really doing this for? Is this the, the fuel you've needed to get over an X? Well, try sitting with it instead of, mm-hmm. you know, replacing something with someone. And it's just, yeah, it's a very sad thing that unfortunately technology has helped cultivate and we need to value ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. everyone is is special and unique and deserves love and compassion. But there are periods of life where maybe we do that to feel that ego boost because of an insecurity. So I am so, people don't like me sometimes when they come to me because they want me to give them permission to leave their spouse or to Mm -hmm. cheat or to, you know, I have three men and they don't know about each other. And they come to you and they spill the tea, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm like, you probably need a therapist, but here we are. And <laughs> I am a firm believer in making that shit work. I'm a firm believer, like make your relationships work unless they're unhealthy and toxic and bad for you. Because putting a place of value on a relationship is so rare these days. Yeah. And I'm always coaching people, don't give up, don't give in. Don't think about the freedom you could have. There's karmic stuff with these people. Like make it or break it. They came into your life for a reason or a season. So observe it and then make a decision. But don't be so rational to say, well, I'm done with his ass. I'm like, 
really? Because you're going to come back, you're crying next month. That you made <laughs> oh, no. That <laughs> you know, and I don't have to be psychic to do that. I can see it right in front of me. It's like, girl, you love him. You just are trying to hurt him before he hurts you. Yeah. So I just give the truth serum to people. Like I said, I'm not always going to tell someone what they want to hear. It's just what spirit's trying to, you know, say through me. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm a firm believer in long-term relationships, whether you decide to get married or you're against it, like don't give up on each other. You're typically drawn towards somebody because there's a duality that you need, or there's something that balances you in it. And I'm a firm believer in, in relationships. I, I think it's important, you know? Again, unless it's toxic or somebody's being abused or something like that, then there's mm -hmm. there's help. But stick it out. Why do people give up so easy? Yeah, I think it's <clears throat> I think because for so long, like I know with my grandparents, they're still together, but mm -hmm. for so long, like she was cheating on him and like it, it just there was so much unhappiness that resulted in like them abusing my dad and his siblings like just taking it like not knowing how to handle emotions so just almost like exploding outward in various ways and mm -hmm. <clears throat> but I guess I think because so many people in that generation it was like you just get married and then you have to figure it out but I think there was a lot of abuse and toxicity happening and so mm -hmm. I think over time then it's like almost went to the other polar opposite where it's like well if I smell even the slightest hint of funk <laughs> like I'm <laughs> out of here you know what I'm saying and I think we're still trying to find a balance because I think a balance is necessary um, because life doesn't always it's it's not always butterflies and rainbows you know stuff happens and um, as you continue to like face stuff and get through it you become so much stronger and just like more grounded in who you are and your life you know what I'm saying you're so much more in control and unfazed by things but in order to get there like you have to work through the stuff you have to tread through all that mud you know yeah well and and those who hurt others hurt themselves Mm -hmm. And and that's why I always try to question people like, okay, what's the lesson? So what was the lesson in seeing your family go through such turmoil? The lesson was to see what you don't want. It's the polar mm -hmm. opposite of who you are. And you got the skills, the techniques, you were there for your parents, you were there for your grandparents, and you're able to see the whole picture and say, this isn't my journey, mm -hmm. you know? And, and that's the true lesson is really finding oneself and, and one's opinions and cultivating that and going, Hey, like, that's not for me, but look what it does. And I'm going to choose the light. Like I'm going to choose a partner that honors me and wouldn't cheat on me because I've definitely seen that destruction. So no, thank you. you mm -hmm. know? <laughs> so I think in a way it's like, you know, people question why did this happen? You know, I have a lot of, a lot of women, you know, my husband's cheating on me. And I just say, you know, Think of yourself. Let's just say you did leave your husband. And I want you to think of your future self. How would you feel? But before making these decisions, I, I'm a firm believer of writing pros and cons down. I'm a firm believer mm -hmm. in that and really being gentle with yourself and, and not making these decisions out of emotion because that's never, you know, take a pause, the power of the pause, just take a time out, just take a breath, like reevaluate and 
don't do anything out of viciousness. If you're going to walk away, do it with grace, you know, mm-hmm. and this love. is totally <laughs> random, but, and I could totally be getting this information wrong, but I'm just going to go with it. Did you know, I believe it was, again, this is probably, this could be wrong. I believe it was Thomas Jefferson that created the pros and cons list. And Mm -hmm. what's interesting is when it was, when it was first created, certain things would have like, it was like by a point system. So Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people like write pros and cons and like whichever column has most is the column that wins. But originally it was like, some things may have like three points. Some things may have one point and you like tally up the oh and then they like cancel each other out you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying like a talent yeah. system <laughs> I love that no I I believe in that and and also like journaling like when this happens this is how I feel mm-hmm. when you do this this is how I react like really see it from a third party perspective like sometimes when people are talking really shitty about themselves I'm like dude like you're my friend don't talk about yourself like that or you know, take yourself out of, you know, in the fiery moment, you know, remove yourself and say, hey, you know, future self, coach me, like guide me because we're Mm -hmm. all like there. Our higher self is always going to lead us to the the path of less resistance. So lean into that, trust that and, and know that this too shall pass. I'm sorry. Those things are there for a reason. Those sayings have been around forever, you know? Yeah. Um, I've gone through massive heartache. You know, I am a divorced person pretty early on. And I realized everything I learned out of that experience was to coach people today, you know, and I'm taking the things that I had to sit with and I'm sharing them with others that are going through it. And again, we normalize it. We love ourselves and we move forward or we move within, but it's better than standing still. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I think too, it's like, as you were talking about how, like, I don't know if you have a, a if you grew up in an environment with mm-hmm. parents that had a bad marriage or something like that, a lot of times when we are unaware of ourselves, when we don't have that connection to ourselves, we'll either fall into that same pattern or we'll go in the polar opposite direction. But it's almost like avoiding even having mm-hmm. to deal with it. But like, all of that is information and if you can stay connected to yourself and like actively utilize what you have learned Mm -hmm. like that's how you find the balance you know yeah and Um, it's uncomfortable because it's like unknown territory but you can do it yeah you can grow you can heal you can deal you can create karma you can break karma it is your existence it's your experience so you know we're just a blip in this life so do what you want if you're unhappy in your marriage please by all means try to seek counseling and some sort of you know common ground and if you can't don't feel like a quitter right or don't Mm -hmm. feel like a failure because it's all an experience you're all really gathering information to move into what you truly need or deserve in the future there's no failing and we all have the shame blame game where we sit with this and, you know, after my divorce, I was like, oh, I have to tell my family and my friends. And then my friends are taking sides and I feel so alone. Mm. It wasn't a failure. It was an experience because now, you know, and, and here I am 14 years later, I'm engaged with my true soulmate. 
And I wouldn't have learned the things that I knew I deserved if I wouldn't have gone through such a chaotic time. And yeah. so I encourage people to always, you know, find their happiness. And when things go awry, you still have you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Cheerleading. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do not look like a cheerleader. I just, you know, emotional cheerleader. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Wow. We've gone over a lot of topics. Yeah, this was good. (laughs) I really love these conversations too, because I mean, with some, I feel like, like, I don't know, there has to be like some sort of question or some sort of guided exploration but for the most part I love how just like naturally they just kind of like wave through you know Mm -hmm. covering different things these are fun yeah no I love it it's like the ebb and flow of whatever needs to be said is here and and I I love that I love talking to people who are enlightened and brightened and just understand it's it's really comforting so thank you for taking the time and talking to me (laughs) of course (laughs) we should do this again this was fun for sure well thanks for being here my friend I'm sending you so much love I will talk to you very soon all right take care bye-bye you too bye thank you so so much my friend you are absolutely incredible I cannot say it enough again if you want to get in contact with Amy you can find her on Instagram at Amy Christine Psychic Medium or on her website amychristinepsychicmedium.com again both will be linked in the episode description I hope you enjoyed I hope you were able to get something out of this conversation I am sending you all so much love I will see you very soon Thank you so much for listening to Diary of a Psychic Medium with me, Amber Amrine. To learn more about me, my work, and such, you can visit channelwithamber.com or follow me on Instagram at channelwithamber. A special thank you to Unicorn Heads for my theme song, A Mystical Experience. See you next time.